what do you well, think? Well, look, you know, hopefully sooner than better. I mean, you know, um, generally speaking, it, it's probably not as easy as you think, and yet it has to has to get better. Now, we're getting an entirely different running attack this week, you know, predominantly shotgun. Um, but that that's something that it's, it's one of the keys in this game. Um, these guys have gotten better and better at running the football, you know, and this Pacheco and you just look at the Jet game and what he did against a good run front. Um, that's, that's a big challenge this weekend. That was Sean Payton talking about the Broncos' beleaguered run defense, which needs to take a step up if Denver, a 10.5-point underdog, is going to have any chance of beating the Kansas City Chiefs uh, for the first time since 2015 when those two teams meet up Thursday night, 615 Mountain on Amazon Prime. You're listening to a fresh edition of the Not Another Bucking Podcast. I'm Nick Kosmider. And before we get a little bit into the Kansas City game, um, which we'll talk about here in just a second, um, you know, just a couple of notes to go over where the Broncos are. They're coming off, as we talked about uh, Sunday night, a 31 to 21 loss to the New York Jets that dropped Denver to one and four. Um, and with that comes a renewed focus on what's ahead for the Broncos, where this is all going. Certainly a start that uh, Sean Payton did not anticipate that this franchise, I don't think, anticipated being 0-3 at home against the three teams on your home schedule, you probably point to and said, those are the best chances that we have, um, you know, to, to win games. You know, you got the Packers coming into town. That could be, that could be another one, but, but certainly being 0-3 at home against that schedule was not something that the Broncos anticipated. So now the question becomes, how do they adjust? How do they adjust the long-term vision with, with what has happened with this team and the thing square in the, in the spotlight now is the trade deadline, which as we record this here on a Wednesday morning uh, is 20 days away. And the Broncos have a number of veterans on their team who have no more guaranteed money left on their contracts after this season. And those are typically, you know, the, the, the pieces that become coveted by other teams, right. Um, gives you, gives you flexibility, um, allows you to acquire those players for, you know, for, potentially less of uh, less of an asset haul than you would have to give up. Um, you know, if, if there was, if there was more money left or more, more years left on the deal, more, more money left on the deal. Um, but, but where the Broncos stand now is in still need of draft capital as they figure out how to, um, you know, how to build this thing going forward, right? They have their first round pick next year for the first time since 2021. However, they don't have a second round pick. They gave that up uh in, in the in the deal for Sean Payton and they also gave up one of their third round picks that they had in 2024 when they moved up in the draft to take cornerback Riley Moss out of uh, out of Iowa back in April so again this is a team that needs to build through the draft it, it's something they haven't been able to do the last couple of years to to the degree that you really want to given what they had to give up to acquire Russell Wilson and then what they had to give up to acquire Sean Payton this past offseason and so um, that, that to me is a focus for, for, for right now with where the Broncos are. If they cannot beat the Kansas city chiefs on Thursday night, they'll drop to one in five. Um, you know, and while that will not obviously officially eliminate them from, from playoff contention, it, it will for all, for all intent and purposes. Um, and, and, and from there that the deadline will be just, you know, kind of two games away, so to speak, um, you know, in, 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 in regard to that timeline. So. Again, this is a this is a game that if, if the Broncos lose, I, I think you're going to start to see all that trade talk heat up. And, and who could it be, right? 
Um, we know the wide receivers, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, have had trade rumors sort of encircling them since the offseason. The, the, the Broncos reportedly kind of had them out there, um, you know, as, as available in trade talks. The, de- the right deal for Denver never materialized. They ended up picking up Jerry Judy's fifth-year option on his rookie contract and, and moved forward with both receivers. Um, both have played solidly so far for an offense that is 10th in the league in scoring. Um, you know, Cortland Sutton has, has three touchdown catches. Um, he, he's on pace for his best season right now since, um, you know, since that 2019 season, his second year in the league where he broke out and became a Pro Bowl player. Um, but, but again, it's, it, it's, it's numbers that are happening for a team that's, that's not winning. And, and so that, that's all something that you have to balance out. Um, you know, Jerry Judy of the two is probably going to bring back the most return. Um, you know, again, cause the teams, teams acquiring him know that they, they have that fifth year option avail, you know, that's already been picked up, uh, but they could still renegotiate a, a long-term deal. If that's something that they wanted to do to lower that number, um, for next year, I think the I think the fifth year option is something around $11 million or $12 million. So if, if a team acquired him and, and viewed him as a long-term piece, they could go ahead and, and do a new deal to, to lower the cap hit for 2024. Um, so I think that's part of the calculus for a team looking at looking at a guy like Jerry Judy, who on a per game basis right now is, is Denver's best wide receiver. He, he missed week one, but in the in the in the four games since um, averaging 52 yards receiving per game ha- has been their their top target in that regard. Um, but it, but again, is he somebody with all that the Broncos need to do to this team? Uh, is he somebody that you're kind of thinking long term is going to be a piece now? Again, I don't think this Broncos are in a situation where they should just be shipping players out for nothing. That's not going to make you better. Getting rid of a Jerry Judy, um, you know, for a for a sixth round pick or a seventh round pick, whatever the case might be, um, if that was the return, is is certainly not going to really help you a whole lot. And you you don't you don't just get rid of good players for for nothing in return because you're you're losing games. It just it's not how teams operate. It, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't, it doesn't do a lot for, you know, for your kind of culture building in the locker room to say, to tell players that, that you think about coming in here of just, Hey, if, if we're not doing well, we're just, we're just shipping you out for, for, for nothing. Um, you know, that's not the kind of message I think you ultimately want to send. So again, these are going to have to be deals that the Broncos do do them that, that makes sense for the team in terms of what they're getting back. Uh, Sean Payton to that end, uh, on Tuesday, I asked him about the trade deadline and he says, look, we're not looking to do business right now with any of our players. However, you know, George Payton and I talk three to four times every single day. Um, we are, you know, we are, we are certainly um, picking up the phone when it rings, you know, we're taking these kind of calls. And, and again, the deadline is still three weeks away, which Sean Payton said right now with where they're at feels like an eternity. So by no means was the door slammed shut on the Broncos making moves. It's just going to be a matter of, um, you know, how desperate some of these contenders get, you know, are there, are there going to be injuries over these next couple of weeks with, with a team um, that, that views itself as a championship contender and needs to go out and get another wide receiver needs to get themselves, you know, a, a safety to solidify their secondary. Um, again, this is the time of year where teams that believe that they can go, go get it and go really compete for a championship, um, you know, are going to do what it takes to get those, get those final pieces with, you know, w- within a, a realistic realm. And, and again, the Broncos could be a team that that can help facilitate that for, for contenders, um, not where they thought they would be, but alas, here we are. 
Um, before we move on to the next segment, I want to I want to play a clip. This this is what Sean Payton, you know, a little bit more of what he had to say about the trade deadline. George and I talk every day, three four times a day. Um, we're not looking to do business with with any of our players. That doesn't prevent teams from calling at times, you, you know. And so, um, you know, we just you know you pick the phone up, but um, that's kind of where it's at. And you know, we've got a good handle on this current roster and then our vision for the roster a year from now. And and you know, that's that's the part about improving and getting better, but. Um, you know, until you just said it, I, I wouldn't have known it was three weeks away. I mean, I, three weeks seems like an eternity right now. So, okay. So let's move into this game Thursday night, Broncos chiefs, Denver is trying to break a streak that, uh, you know, fans well now know sits at 15 games. Uh, the last time that the Broncos beat the chiefs was, um, in September of 2015, Bradley Roby picks up a, a late fumble, returns it for a touchdown. Um, you know, that that was sort of one of those games early in that 2015 season that helped get the Broncos jump started in the right direction. They, of course, end up winning the Super Bowl that year. But at the end of the 2015 season, they have a loss to the Chiefs. Um, and that is that is the, the loss that started started the streak. They have not won since then. The large majority of this streak has been captain for the chiefs by Patrick Mahomes. He was not, he was not the quarterback for the first three games, right? The one in 2015 and then the two in 2016. Um, and I, and I'm sorry, make that four because he was also not the quarterback for the first 2017 game during his rookie year. That was still, uh, Alex Smith, but Patrick Mahomes made his NFL debut in week 17 in Denver in 2017. And the coach of that team just happened to be Vance Joseph, who is now, the, the guy tasked with stopping him as Denver's defensive coordinator. Uh, Joseph is, of course, under a lot of scrutiny right now for the job that he has done or, or not done through five weeks with this Denver defense, which, again, um, is at a historically inefficient level. Um, uh, if you measure it by DVOA, um, they, they are the worst team through five games since 1981. Um, they've given up more rush yards than any teams uh, through five games since 2002. Um, they've already given up 13 touchdown passes. They gave up uh, 12 through the first 14 games of 2022. So this this is a defense that is just in tatters right now. And, you know, to, to have all of that going on and then have to play Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and this Chiefs offense, which while not not clicking to the same degree that we've seen it um, in recent years, is is still obviously a very formidable, experienced and difficult to plan for offense and the Broncos have to do all this while licking their wounds from this Jets game while having only, you know, three or four days to prepare for this game. Um, it's, it's a Herculean task. And that's why the Broncos are 10 and a half point uh, underdogs in this game. But, but interestingly, the, the chiefs so far this year that they've really been carried by their defense. This is the best chiefs defense to start a season through five games since 2013. When you measure by points allowed, when you measure by, um, EPA per, per play. Um, this defense has been really good, you know, getting Chris Jones to the, you know, to the starting line in week two, uh, after his holdout lasted into the, to, into the week one loss to the lions. Um, you know, he gives them this, this, this sort of presence up front that, that has allowed everybody else to kind of feel comfortable in their roles. That, that defense is one that has drafted really well over the last, over the last few seasons. And you're starting to see, you know, the impact of some of those young players, 
um, really, really help that team. Uh, and, and again, this is a Broncos team that is doing good things offensively for, you know, in, in chunks of games, but, but the difference in their first and second half production, um, you know, ha has just been pretty incredible. The, the Broncos are eighth in the NFL in points per drive in the first half, they rank 30th in points per drive in the second half of the game. And, and this is, this is a situation where Sean Payton brought up the fact that, in most games, teams that have a first half lead um, win the game about 65% of the time. Now, of course, the Broncos um, are 0-3 this season in games that they led at halftime so that they bring that average down a little bit. But he he brought that up to say that the, the average for Thursday night games for teams that lead at halftime is closer to eight, somewhere between 80 to 85%. Um, because again, it's that, it's that short rest thing. It, it's, it's sort of harder, you know, you're, you're tired to get yourself up, you know, if you're trailing at halftime, then, then maybe it would be in a regular game. So that, that's a, that's a huge thing for Denver already struggling in the second half of games offensively. If they find themselves down, you know, by a significant margin at halftime or really any margin at halftime and have to go to this situation where they're just dropping Russell Wilson back every play. Um, they're going to be in trouble. We, we've talked about it a lot. We know that is not a tenable solution um, for, for Denver's defense. I'm sorry, for Denver's offense. We, we saw it in the Jets game when, when not even trailing by that much. They, they, their, their first drive of the, of, the, of the third quarter, they have a lead. They have a 13 to 8 lead. They, you know, they go three and out. By the time they get the ball back, they're now down by two points. And, and they just sort of, again, kind of abandon the run as if they're chasing a bigger, a bigger deficit. And Sean Payton brought that up. He criticized himself for not, not being more balanced. You know, this, this is a running game that has some explosiveness. The Broncos rank fifth in the NFL right now in yards per carry at four and a half. Um, this is a team that we, we've seen it with Jaleel McLaughlin the last two weeks. Anytime he touches the ball, he's liable to, to, to break for a big play, a 30 yard gain, something like that. And the Broncos should get Javante Williams back this week. He was a full participant in practice on Tuesday. Obviously, he missed the the, the game against the Jets. Sean Payton said he was close, but they and, and if it had been a playoff game, they probably would have gone. But at the end of the day, with a guy coming off ACL uh, surgery in the in the offseason, um, they did not want to risk any kind of setback with him. So he did not play Sunday. Looks like he'll have a chance to go tonight. Another one to watch for is Greg Dulcich, that the tight end who. The Broncos have started his 21-day clock to activate him off IR. He also practiced uh, on, there on Tuesday. The Broncos kind of just went through a light walkthrough type practice. Um, I would be surprised if they're able to get him out there on Thursday night. I think with just one practice and, again, not even a full speed practice, I would think that they'd kind of say, hey, let, let's hold him out Thursday night. And then he has the 10-day ramp up before that home game on October 22nd against the Packers. I would look for that to be sort of the, the the more likely date for Greg Dulcich, who they could certainly use. We saw a little bit of his, you know, he had, he had um, you know, had two big catches in the first half of the Raiders game. Um, again, a, a guy that just creates a lot of mismatch problems for you as a tight end. Um, they, they could really, they could really use what he brings up the seam. Um, but again, we'll just have to kind of wait and see w when he'll actually debut. Um, you know, another thing for this offense is can they avoid some of these, some of these issues of um, the operation, right? You're going to Arrowhead Stadium as loud a place as there is in the NFL. Can they avoid some of these late in the clock, um, you know, mishaps where they're not getting out of the huddle quick enough? Um, you just can't afford to, you know, to burn timeouts that you need 
uh, there in Kansas City. You can't afford, you know, the, the, the penalties that put you off schedule. Um, you know, they're, they're going to, again, we've talked about it. Their margin for error is so small with the way their defense is playing that they cannot afford to put themselves behind the eight ball with penalties, with operational mishaps and all those things that prevent you from gaining the rhythm that you need offensively. So those are going to be kind of the significant things that I'm watching for. One other thing would be Marvin Mims, right? We talked about his explosive ability. We've seen it in the return game that the two punt, the two punt returns he's had have both been dynamic, but he, he, he muffed a punt in, in the first quarter of the, of the Jets game, uh, a, a catch he, you know, uh, Ben Kotwika, the special teams coordinator, said he simply should have fair caught that ball. It, it was about the decision-making process there of, of understanding how much room you had, uh, gauging the speed of, of the gunner. Um, so, and of course, Marvin Mims also had the, the muffed kickoff return in Chicago where he sort of lost the ball in the sun. The Broncos were able to recover that one, but that put them, you know, kind of starting a drive at their own four yard line. So um, how does he respond? Can they get a couple big plays in special teams to, to sort of jolt, jolt this team, give them a jolt that they really, really need. So those are the things that I'm, I'm watching for as the Broncos try to avoid uh, a one in five start. Um, again, that the, the odds would suggest it's going to be a, a tough haul. The Broncos are 10 and a half point underdogs. Sean Payton in 241 games with the saints was only a double digit underdog, um, three times. So this is, this is new territory for him. Um, but this is where the Broncos are. We'll, we'll see after the game kind of where, it, where it goes with, with the trade deadline, with, with the market for players and, and what the Broncos ultimately want to achieve with, with, with that deadline. Um, We'll be back after the game on Thursday night. It'll be it'll be late wee hours of the morning, whatever whatever it might be. But we'll we'll have a post game reaction podcast at some point. Uh, until then, we really appreciate you guys listening. Um, thanks for watching on the YouTube channel. Please continue to subscribe, leave a comment, let us know what you think. Uh, until then, we will see you next time.